0: Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation.
1: Hey, guys, Trisden here from the Extreme Common Sense Podcast. You may notice Ray's not here because Ray's a lazy bastard. Just kidding. I love Ray, but he's not here. So nonetheless, Dan and Nasa with Bad Wolf Gaming, we appreciate your podcast support, and we hope if you're listening locally, you'll check them out at 711 Chestnut Street in Berea. They've got a full arcade with some gambling things, sort of. So check out the arcade. Check out Dungeons & Dragons. Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. They're a great place to buy your cards. Don't miss out. Get into Bad Wolf today. Tell them Extreme Common Sense sent you. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome, everybody, to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Tristan. Good to see you, man. Back in studio. Back in the studio, yeah. Fun uh, fun Riverside show last week, but always nice to be face-to-face.
0: Yeah, even if it's an eternity of traffic.
1: <laughs> well, it seems like... Uh, on days like this when we sort of need to to get the show going and it's uh you know maybe a little bit tighter of a time crunch everything goes wrong. So you had bad traffic coming in.
0: Yeah, and did you not get what I meant when I said in the bank line I meant literally because I had to run to the bank before coming here so I was in the bank line you thought I was being poetic or cute
1: no I knew you were saying you were at the bank but I actually told my wife I said what the fuck does Ray mean like is he leaving the bank is oh this, yeah no, did, did was, he get there did, I was, just, am I supposed yeah. to gauge time by I was no no I was the in the bank, bank line <laughs> and then I was leaving
0: and then uh, this completely has nothing to do with anyone <laughs> listening but Tristan texted me that there was an accident on I-75 and there's different ways you can get from Richmond to Berea so I took a different way sort of a, alternate route which was fine because the traffic was backing up right at the exit so i was going to be sitting in traffic we would have missed the show this week but um, um it, it must be a pretty severe accident
1: yeah i guess so uh, our buddy michael higginbotham sent some michael. pictures of it yeah oh and, really uh, so yeah it looked like it was pretty rough i-75 is no joke
0: always something going on i, there. I read it i don't know if this is true Triz, and i heard that interstate 75 which essentially runs from Toronto, canada to miami is the most traveled interstate in the country. Kind of hard to believe when you figure you got Jersey, New York on the East Coast and everything that accompanies it, California on the West Coast. But it does run through a lot of major cities, including Detroit, Chicago, Cincinnati, Lexington, Atlanta, Miami. I mean, you know, if it's not the most, it's probably top – Two or
1: three. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't argue that. I mean, somebody said that, I wouldn't think, I'm going to fact check that. I would think, okay. Yeah, it could be possible. Yeah,
0: exactly right. So, one of my best I 75 stories, and again, this is uh, extreme common sense where we never really have a forum and no (laughs) listeners. So, we just (laughs) chat. But one of my best I 75 stories was my late brother, Vince. There used to be um, Jack's BP. Do you remember Jack's BP? I do, yeah. Okay, which is now the built up area where where the Richmond Center is. Yeah. And Vinny lived in Deacon Hill, so he was there all the time. And he walked in there and he knew the guy. I don't I don't remember his name, Charlie or whatever. And he said, Charlie was this, you know, native Kentuckian country boy. And he was just he was just standing there kind of awestruck. And they pumped gas. And Vince said, Charlie, what's going on? How you doing? He's like, You see that car? You see that car getting on the interstate? You see? that was Richard Petty. That was Richard Petty. I mean, it was. Which you're on a major interstate, you can see anybody. Rich, Richard Petty was driving right. from point A to point B, needed gas, and awesome. there's no mistake in Richard Petty. No. Even if you're not into NASCAR, but it was like you know, it was like Jesus walking in for this dude. That's, that's pretty a, outstanding. Oh my God, that's yeah. Richard
1: Petty. That's Richard Petty. Yeah, I, I love celebrities, especially like when you don't expect them. So that's pretty cool. And I, I may have told this story when we did the celebrity show. But also a true story would be a better story if it was me. But a buddy of mine was at the, uh, the, the BP that's literally a stone's throw from here. Down the hill from our studio, yeah. Shaq Shack was pumping gas. I think you. I may did have told the story, that. but like, imagine like freaking Shack. You know, and there's no mistaking him. No, you're not like. <laughs> there's a guy that sort of looks like Shack. <laughs> <No. laughs> that guy's seven foot three, and you know, you're not. Missing that's any. like in Berea, Kentucky. In Berea, that's cool gas. as hell. And, he, and got pictures of it. So, well,
0: you know, there's that old. I think it's an old Chinese adage: if you stay in one place long enough, the entire world will pass in front of you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I've. I've you and I saw Bill Clinton in Richmond, Kentucky. Well, you did. I've oh, did you not I you missed go in two thousand eight. Oh, was
1: that when your mom passed away? No, that was my honeymoon. I was married in two thousand eight and uh, <laughs> May seventeenth, so it was right around then, and we were honeymooning and missed
0: the. Yeah, I made it to Clinton. I didn't make it to your wedding.
1: Yeah, no, no shocker. I am still it's, waiting for that cri- that uh, <laughs> that wedding gift that you've been promising me though for oh, quite shit. a while. Oh Lord, still Lord. on my list. To, that was to check a weird. Off. I refuse to divorce until you get me my my wedding present. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> that's a, sort of an inside joke. But at any rate,
1: so uh, I, I had said to Trizen
0: early in this week, and, and this will just be the start of the show where it goes from there. Who knows? Because I do have one kind of more serious thing that I, I wanted to um, uh, mention. But I was thinking tis the season tomorrow is December 1st. Uh, and when you hear this, we'll already be into December. So favorite Christmas movies since oh, since man. it's a really short list of favorite hanukkah movies there's not a whole lot of them <laughs>
1: unfortunately yeah and and uh, if you listen to, to the the people that say hollywood's full of jewish folks right. and then there are plenty i mean no denying that we should have more more good hanukkah films you would think and, yeah so we got what like Hey, Harry's crazy Han- nights yeah, there was something
0: like, wasn't there Harry's Hanukkah or something like that? Hanukkah uh, Harry. Hanukkah I Harry. Think
1: that, wasn't that a, a Dana Carvey skit on could SNL? Have been, could have been. yeah. Like Sandler's, um,
0: uh, here comes Hanukkah, <laughs> so. smoke your marijuana, drink your gin and Hanukkah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, still, not but a but lot yeah. of Hanukkah films.
1: Indeed. So, man, I like um, Christmas Vacation, which is kind of cliche and easy to throw out. Watch it, it every
0: year with the kids, every year. It's still it's a good. ritual. It always yeah. holds up. It well, it's funny, good. too, because you see um, Julia Louise Dreyfus pre Seinfeld. Right. You see uh, Raymond's mother, Doris Roberts. And her hair is actually a different color, pre-Raymond. Yeah. Because I think that film was 88 or 89. That's about right, Chevy yeah. Chase is still a relatively young man. I mean, he looks like who did it and ran now. Right. And uh, <laughs> Beverly D'Angelo, you're pretty good with trivia and movies. Yes. Her and Al Pacino never married, but they were like 30-year partners. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I think. I don't know. I know they were 30-year partners, essentially husband and wife by California common law. I think they might have even had two children. Really? Well, that's yeah. cool to know. And they split a little while back, but yeah, she was with Pacino during those days for sure.
1: Nice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, it's a great what? Oh, a young Julia, uh, well, a young Julia Movie uh, uh, drivers? Uh, no, uh Juliette Lewis or Julia who went on yes, to do a lot of things. Exactly. And that's your uh, born
1: killer fame. Yeah, yeah,
0: right? Yeah. Which I still haven't figured out if that was the best movie ever or the biggest piece of <laughs> shit ever. Very fair, fair. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And Great then, soundtrack. Um, uh Russ is uh, uh Big Bang Theory. Yeah. So, a pretty solid cast.
1: Great cast. <laughs> and it never gets old. Like, none of the um, – <laughs> we've worked in a place before that that probably you might have thought would have been nice to get a little not-just-a-jelly-of-the-month club <laughs> for Christmas, you know? <laughs> and I think that's just such a great <laughs> – so – Freaking relatable situation, (laughs) you know, you bust your ass all year for whoever, whomever. And you think, you know what, I just deserve a little bit more of a pat on the back. And that is, you know, just a universal situation. And to, to see you know uh, cousin Eddie actually who, go who, bring the boss there That,
0: but before that he says well Clark that's the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> yes yes it does Eddie and that's what sends Chevy Chase is good in that oh when God, he goes into great. that rage just drinking the uh, eggnog and yeah. sends Danny
1: fucking K <laughs> <laughs> and then the best part which is so relatable too is the boss's wife It's like you, you asshole you, right and I it, it, think man that's it like if these same bosses and these folks that sort of are that guy the stereotype their wives would shit and die if they knew if they actually knew you, yeah. oh, you know you've done this and this is how you're rewarding like And the boss
0: is Brian Doyle Murray who is Bill Murray's uh I think yes. actually older brother there so you, go. you know I mean the and and then there's a couple of like real great actors who are at the end of the line the the, the two fathers <laughs> Uh, no it's a a great one it's as I say we make it a point to watch it every Christmas the family the kids love it you know every joke but it's still damn funny and it's and it
1: works man because the uh nothing's dated like the, there's not much dated in well that. the
0: sentimental value where well, everybody finds the uh where he gets locked in the attic and he finds the old eight millimeter film could be a cat it could be a photo album and all of a sudden you're reliving christmas past i
1: mean who hasn't yeah, done that You exactly. know? So, yeah it's well well made i don't know Margot. i <laughs> yeah. love that
0: Right, and then a the little bit of fun with the chick. Oh, my wife is. Uh, oh no, no, she's dead. You know, and yeah, yeah. the kid walks over, right. dad, Yeah. <laughs> oh my. So, so that yeah, I would I would agree with you. I mean, Christmas vacation probably tops the list. And uh, and Eddie, who doesn't get sick, a cousin Eddie, even though uh,
1: great character, even all though time.
0: Randy Quaid, I
1: guess in little real lady. life is a kook. But yeah, just shitter's full. <laughs> <laughs> and Chevy Chase, like, it's tough because I think at this point, everybody who knows anything about Hollywood knows that Chevy's kind of a massive prick. Massive Very prick. Very difficult to work with. Right. So, But even that, you you kind of can still lose yourself. It goes away for that. Yeah, that, absolutely.
0: That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you definitely lose yourself.
1: And you'd like to know how much more great Hollywood he could have done had he been. If just he wasn't been, such an ass.
0: Yeah. Right up through Parks and Rec, Right. Was it Parks and Rec? Oh, uh, the other one. Those are so, yeah, yeah, okay. Community. Where the, I think he was off the show the last year because the rest of the cast was like, God, he's impossible. Yeah,
1: they just killed him off. Like, like, yeah, there's a lot of stories. We watched that a few years ago, and there's just a litany of stories about things that he wouldn't do. And he's just walking off the set before the scene's over and just, you know, racist remarks to, um, I can't think of the the guy in the cast that's actually a pretty famous actor and rapper, but uh, kind of a, just a massive prick to him. They said he was kind of jealous of him. So, yeah, it's such a shame because he is just a talented, talented And guy. that
0: reputation goes all the way back to when he was a young man on SNL. You know, he only did yeah. one year, which was the first year, 74. Right. 75-
1: Four, or five, or five, six, yeah, seventy-five,
0: yeah. Well, it's you know starts yeah. in the fall, so I think five, six, yeah. yeah. and he cut his teeth on that show, became Chevy Chase out of that show. But apparently, two things about him, you know, he's a good-looking guy, young. Uh, he's probably what thirty-ish then, sure. And uh, essentially, you know, it's the seventies, free love and free drugs, free sex. Apparently, he had sex with. Everybody he could, both on the cast, off the cast, had a crazy reputation as a ladies man and was just, everybody was like, this guy's just an asshole. And nobody missed him after a year. It was like good right. riddance. Yeah. Then of course they brought, of course they brought Murray in. Yeah. Which is pretty good guy to replace you with, you know, yeah. and not, nobody not, knew
1: who he was. Right. And no step down there.
0: No step down there. Yeah. In fact, probably a step up. Yeah, I mean I that's been a career so. for Murray.
1: But and he seems like one of those guys. And, and we probably all know somebody like this. And and you know you, who are we talking you, about, Chase or Murray? Uh, Chase. Yeah. But like, give a guy a badge and he just becomes a massive prick, or give a guy some money and there's those people. And then you and I both know people that are millionaires that are the coolest. You never know cops that are the coolest. But some of those guys can't take a little bit of money or power and right. then just become un, you know completely right. obnoxious. Yeah. And he Chase seems to be that guy.
0: I think Chevy Chase was a child of privilege. I think he was his was not a uh, um, you know, drag him up from the bootstrap story. I think he was a, but to your point, so was Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams was a kid of privilege. His dad—I think he was adopted—but his dad was a big GM exec. They lived in Gross Point, which is the real expensive, you know, Detroit subdivision. It's the Beverly Hills of Detroit when GM was running the world. Nice. He grew up with money, and you know, Robin seemed—well, I I was going to say he seemed relatable. He was insane, but he seemed (laughs) like a nice guy.
1: Well, he did. He—he really seemed like he was uh, a guy that you would have saw out with nobody watching. Would have had a conversation with you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the Clooney strikes me as that guy. Same Kentucky guy. I think, yeah, definitely a Kentucky George guy. George Clooney. And so. I think, well, and I, I think I bring that up. And here we are already off Christmas movies. <laughs> Neither Ray nor Patty had seen Man of Constant Sorrow. So we watched it Sunday night. And, you know, it's a little slow going early, but they both came around. I mean, it's a great movie.
1: That's not the name of it, though.
0: Oh no, it's not, brother. Where art thou? Oh, brother. Yes, sorry. So, but that's sorry. the name of the big oh, song. Yeah, brother, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, brother, where Th- art thou? That is a great You're movie. exactly right. Oh, it's a great. Based
1: movie. on the Odyssey by Homer, it is, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And Clooney
0: is amazing. It may be his best role because the uh, the vocabulary he uses in that. I mean, it's just fantastic. It is.
1: He's he's, such a good character. Well, ain't
0: this a goddamn geographic (laughs) oddity? Two weeks from everywhere. And on and on and on and on. It is too, Pete. Look at him. He's got the toad. I mean, it's just a great movie. I agree. You can't swear at my fiancé. Well, you can't marry my wife. (laughs) I mean, it's and Charles Durning, um, who plays Pappy, the governor, that had to be one of his last roles. Yeah. He was an old man by then. You know, Durning... was indeed, He stormed the beaches at Normandy. Did he not he know did. that. Yeah, he sure did. And had his really high mark in the '70s with the Sting. You ever seen the Sting?
1: No. See it's, now, that's there's one of those I should.
0: You should, Drizzen. However, you'll you'll think it's long. It's you know '70s. They made stories. I like those movies. You got to pay attention. You can't be on your phone, like <laughs> I tell Raymond. It's tough because it's a real twist and plot and but the sting is redford and newman and it's a fantastic movie and durning plays a huge role in it and then he is the uh, uh dog day afternoon you ever see that with pacino no and durning is the police officer and what's cool about that is most of the dialogue between him and al pacino is unscripted it's um, really off the cuff yeah yeah there's some great scenes where he he's the lieutenant negotiating it's a Pacino holds up a bank, um, oddly enough, based on a true story. How about this? In 1971, because he needs money because his partner, Sal, is looking to get a sex change operation. Really? No shit. Wow. Nothing's new, right? Yeah. So, And that's Dog Day Afternoon, and that's a very watchable movie. Pacino's at his best in that. He didn't win an Academy Award, but probably, I'm sure he was nominated. Yeah. But, um, okay, so now back to Christmas. Of course, another cliche, but- watch it every season along with uh, Christmas Vacation is, you know, Ralphie, Christmas Story.
1: I'm fine with Ralphie, although it's not a must-watch for me. Oh, like, no. It's one of the—I think TNT plays it every year for like— 24 hours. hours. Yeah, and yeah it's yeah. Just Christmas coming. Eve. So I I, I think p- they
0: started at like—maybe it starts at like 6 a.m. Christmas Eve—6 p.m. Christmas Eve and goes till 6 p.m. Christmas Yeah, night.
1: so— With that, I will throughout the course of twenty four hours probably watch the whole thing twice, watching fifteen minute increments. Yes, it is a good movie, but it's never. I guess it was never one of my have to watches.
0: See, it reminds me of the Christmases that we had when they come down uh, Christmas morning, and the two brothers and the parents are half asleep, and the kids are just all excited. I, I can remember that. But um, I, actually, uh, having gone to Cleveland, to, to go to Cleveland Clinic, Patty and I, it's the beauty of GPS, we Googled in the address, and dro- we didn't, you can get out and do the tour and everything. We didn't do that, because uh, it was actually the day after my procedure. I wasn't really feeling it. But we drove past the house. There's a little- uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's a little museum across the street, which somebody told me they're selling, oh. so maybe it's played itself out. But the house is the fucking house. There is no mistake in the house, the front porch where the leg lamp was, which yeah. of course they have the leg lamp in there. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh, it's really cool. That's nice. the house and, and the Christmas story.
1: And the uh, sequel this year is just out.
0: Yes. And I I was going to watch it prior to this show and didn't get the opportunity to. I'll tell you what I opted for. It was an hour and a half of um, Howard Stern
1: interviewing Springsteen. Oh, I've got that written here to ask you about because was, I watched was, 80% it, of that. It,
0: now, oh, you watched it? Yeah. Oh, because I was going to say you have to be a bit of a Springsteen you know, disciple because it's a lot of Bruce. But um what would you think? I, I will say this, Tristan, before I, like I said, I don't just interrupt others, I interrupt myself. <laughs> Howard Stern is a great fucking interviewer. A hundred percent. Right? When yeah. you take away all his bullshit and craziness yes. and lesbians, if he just sits and interviews, man, he, because I, I like to think I'm a decent interviewer because I like to ask people questions and I know I talk a lot, not as much as, or maybe more than Howard, but he just is a great interviewer.
1: Very much so. And not only like, I think you could even sit back and say, well, he's got this great staff and they come up with these, these great questions. But counterpoint to that, his follow-up questions and the level that yes. he pays attention and says, well, tell me about that. Exactly. And the shit that he catches, man, like, oh, that was good. Because you think I don't know that I would have caught that in the moment. Exactly. Because right. here's the thing about interviewing, and you and I know this, you know, for many years of doing it, it's hard. You're thinking of your next question. It looks easy on TV, but it's hard to stay as focused on the conversation as you want because it's conversation plus what's my next question? Am I going to segue into something else? How much time do we have? So to be able to do that as smartly as he did and to really stay focused and to catch a lot of really good, deep questions. And Bruce's answers, oh my God, yeah, what, a, right? what a smart, great... Uh, seems like, and I'm sure he's got his things because he's been a fucking king for 40 years, seems like a just a real down-earth grab-a-beer-with-you uh, guy, right?
0: I, I heard Henry... I heard him defined once as one of the most relatable superstars there are, which sounds like an oxymoron, kind of to your point. People who get money and become assholes. And, you know, I've often said, Tristan, because he was such an influence in my life growing up in New Jersey, and he sang about where we went and what we did and so on and so forth. Perhaps I wouldn't want to meet him because if he turned out to be an asshole, it would be crushing, so just leave that alone. But to your point, I think you'd find a fairly relatable cat.
1: I think so, too. I, I think you would probably find some middle ground immediately. Yes. Probably New Jersey. But but he and I yeah. Yeah, But I I think he would probably be pretty fine with anybody that's treating him with respect. You know, I know sometimes celebrities kind of get in trouble because somebody's a dick to them and they're a dick back and then you're you're only seeing what you know the response. Right. But I think he's one of those guys that if you probably saw an airport and he wasn't sprinting to get somewhere and he had a second, he'd probably give you a minute and be pretty cool. Right.
0: Yeah, Except you're never going to see him in airports anymore. No question. He's reached that place where everything is chartered. Well, that was a great stern question when he said, so Bruce, um, you know, a year or so ago, you sold your catalog for what, $400 And Springsteen goes, yeah, something like that. And he's like, well, tell me, you know, you're the working guy. What's that all about? And he's like, well, you know, you reach a place where you'd like a payoff for your life's work. And, you know, Columbia has always been my, uh, record company. I sold it to them. I think they'll keep good care of it. And he didn't say, you know, it broke my heart to do it. It was like, I took the money. Yeah. And, and made him a fucking billionaire.
1: And I think that's probably the right call at that point in your life, right? Like, why right. not just really, really enjoy your life? Right.
0: And he's, and Howard said to him, well, you know, some of these artists have gotten upset when you when they've heard their uh, music in a commercial. And Bruce
1: is like, uh, once you sell it to them, you really can't get upset. Right. That's, <laughs> they, they do what they want at that point. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, you can always dry those tears off with that billion <laughs> dollars that you've got. <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> and, and this is one of the things that I, made me find him very down to earth. And it was almost kind of a throwaway. But when he was sort of talking about the relationship with his family and his sisters, and he was sort of talking about, oh, yeah, they give me a hard time. Right. Listen, a lot of these guys, the self-importance that they develop would never be in a situation where, where their sisters are going to be able to, to pick on him, right? This guy's a billionaire, one of the most famous rock stars of all time, right? That in itself, just <laughs> that sense. Oh yeah, they give me a heart. Like I thought the same thing. He's very relatable. He's a very he's real still, guy. Yeah, he's still the guy can, who has. You can left see Chevy Chase. Feet. No, you're not going to joke exactly with me. to his sister or whoever, right? So yes, I thought, man, that's that's yeah, it pretty tells you, cool. It, it tells you a lot about. He's him, still yeah. a little self defacing yeah. and able to laugh at himself, right? Yeah, because he's got people all day telling him he's the you changed my whole life, well. he inspired me, but he's.
0: See, yeah. I think no disrespect to Tom Cruise, fucking great actor. I wish he wasn't such a kook, but I've always said about <laughs> Cruise is he listened to all the publicity. Now you take Paul Newman. Paul Newman never moved to Hollywood. He lived in Connecticut, raised his family in Connecticut. When he was doing a movie, it was a business trip. He went to Hollywood. Cruise bought into you're the best, you're the greatest, you're the, and you can buy into that. Absolutely. You, it's, that would be a great question for a superstar. How do you distance that? How do you keep some grounding without just being that person who everything, is beneath you. And and that's what makes Springsteen kind of really seems like a sort of regular guy. Right. Same with
1: Clooney. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that's the problem with a lot of athletes. You know, a lot of these 25-year-old guys, they've been told since they were 14 years old, they sure. were going to be the greatest sure. thing. And Maybe they are, maybe they're not, and you know, athletically, but you can't live your life feeling that way.
0: I have often drawn this parallel. It's probably sexist as hell. And, you know, I've said enough things that you've told me are going to get us canceled anyway. But (laughs) I've often thought that at 20, the great male athlete is sort of on an equal footing with the beautiful, uh, hot female because they've both had people just open doors for him, her because of the way she looks, him because of the way he plays, and... They're not always asked to do much beyond that. Let's be honest. A pretty face gets doors open for you.
1: It's been the as, story of my life. As right Bob now. Seger said, <laughs> you would know better
0: than anyone. That's right. She had. A, I think Seger's line was she had a face that would let her get her way.
1: Yeah. It, that's it, a great line. There's a lot of those great lines. I, I had one that's sort of popping into my head and leaving. Uh, great 80s song, but similar uh S- similar, similar sentiment, sentiment yes yeah. but it's uh, I, th- I think the problem with those people right like it's not forever so you can't there you rest go. on that So you, you can't, go you know you're the hottest 25 year old actor or actress yeah and you better fucking learn to act male or female because look you're pretty at 25 or whatever there's a point where you're really gonna have to be an actor and you can't just walk in and be the attractive person right so
0: brad pitt the guy's just a great actor
1: yeah, and and you see God, that image, uh, you know, image with uh, you know some of the pop stars, the boy bands, and sure the Britney Spears type. It pop goes stars, away like these little clones that come it, out, it, and it like, goes look, away. You're eventually going to have to have some talent, or you've got a pretty limited lifespan. God, there is
0: so much emphasis now on the physicalness of the world, which is another great irony in this age of me too and equality and p- treat people with respect. Physicality, I think, has as much place now, has more place now than it ever has, obviously because of the ability to see everything at the click of a button. But I, we play music, Spotify at Galaxy at the Bowling Center, and it's a constant stream of pictures of these artists accompanying the music they play on the computer screen, you know, whatever, right. who if it's, if it's uh, um, whoever happens to be playing. Justin Timberlake, there's a picture of, of Timberlake. And these young girls that are singing, and I don't know half the names or maybe any of them, but one after, there's not an unattractive female in the, in the bunch. Wow. You know, I mean, somebody like Patsy Cline now, I don't know how you would, because you heard Patsy, you didn't necessarily see her. Right. Or even Johnny Cash.
1: You know, you, I think we are getting back to that a little bit. I think there's a little bit more of, you know, somebody like moving away from the emphasis yes. on looks, like well, somebody that would like be Lizzo, who good. could just be extremely well, freaking she's talented. done her own thing. Right? Adele, even when Adele see, came yeah, out, well, was now, true. kind of all talent. Now she's lost all the weight and kind of conformed mm-hmm. a lot. But I, I think with the internet and <laughs> being able to market yourself. I think that there's a, there's a greater chance that if you've got a ton of talent and you get on TikTok, like you don't have to fit a, a radio company's mold of attractive, right?
0: Now, our friend Matt Yeager, who you know well, I know well. And I've listened back to our podcast, and I have realized, Triz, that we, more me much more than you, I drop names of friends, and if we do have listeners, like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I don't know who that is. So these are all friends of mine. Just that Google have been, Matt Jaeger. Yeah, that have been friends for years. Well, Matt is... Probably the most cynical person there is. And in his defense, when I'm about to tell you what he says, he was a kid who was a fat kid. He was 280 pounds when he was a freshman in high school and he lost weight. And so he's the opposite of most of us. fat, young, thin as an adult. So he sits a little judgment and he says, uh, you know, whether it's uh, 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 not Lizzo because she's making an issue out of, you know, uh, body, be, be proud of your body. But Adele, or M- Melissa McCarthy, or uh, Mike and Molly, Mike, uh, Mike from that. That these people all lose weight. Roseanne went through a thing where she lost weight. Oprah. Because they see themselves on TV and they realize how terrible they look, and they say, "I'm losing fucking weight." That's his take on it. And that's maybe, funny. maybe there is. And of course, at that point, they've got the money for the personal trainer and the right and the food and that the milks. chef and oh, God darn right it. Yeah. Well, that's something that Stern didn't talk about with Springsteen. He said, hey, "You look great. You're seventy-three. He's had a personal chef as long as see. There's yes. there's the parts of your life of that life that. You know, Bruce Springsteen isn't going to talk about because it takes away from that everyman image. But he's had a personal chef for as long as he's been as long as he's been famous. And that's one of the ways he keeps as fit as he does. And I'm sure his workout regimen is still insane.
1: I'm sure. And that's the thing. You and I have a long day like we're kind of both having today. And, uh, you know, if we had to fend for ourselves, it's, man, let's just grab a Big Mac. Exactly right. You know, we're not going to, you know, go home to a nice salad, roasted chicken exactly and some right. asparagus. Yes, yeah,
0: so 100%. Yeah. And that helps make life a tad easier. Indeed. But. All right. So we got a Christmas Vacation, double thumbs up. Christmas Story, like a thumb up and a half a thumb up.
1: Sure. I give three quarters of a thumb up.
0: Uh, okay. So, that, well, then you got the old ones, like Course A Wonderful Life.
1: Big fan of It's a Wonderful Life. That's a great. And it bankrupted the, the Liberty Studios. Oh, like, did it a Wonderful was Life a, do that? Such a flop originally. Interesting. It completely bankrupt, which was. 1930s. You know, yeah. And uh, then kind of found a cult following it later, did. I think, when NBC started airing it every year. Oh, I'm not and sure then, I knew that. So it, it became, so
0: it was a huge production,
1: came out, and didn't really
0: make didn't any money. did do anything, yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah, but a uh, big fan of that. I, you know, I could definitely watch that. Jimmy Stewart, year. Donna Reed. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a great story gonna cry my eyes out every fucking time everybody shows up and bails him out and let's be honest
0: a pretty dark flick <laughs> very dark i mean it, that's a troubled you're you know one deleted uh, scene uh, away george from being george a, bailey is a troubled soul man he
1: is yeah yeah it really is and and i think uh that sort of makes him as a character very relatable, you know. Because right. I think maybe this guy in the worst period of his life, going through kind of the worst. Yeah. So it's yeah, it brings you a lot of emotion to see somebody right. who is such a great actor kind of go through that. Oh my that. god! Yeah, and it's, he was uh, too. Yeah, it's, it, it's was... emotional to, to think about and talk yeah. about. It's yeah. uh, great.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah. What a
0: miracle on Thirty Fourth Street.
1: Like it well enough. I don't. It's, it's a little corny. Yeah, but corny it's,
0: for sure. And it's a little cliched, a a little bit uh, stuck in an era, maybe not as universal as Wonderful Life.
1: Um, Yes. Somewhere on the pantheon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then you could do the whole Hallmark thing where they're literally, they've got 30 days of Christmas, I think, starting at Thanksgiving, and they're all just campy and sappy. I mean, they're all pretty
1: much the same movie. (laughs) Yes. It's the big reporter from the city goes to the small country town to write a story Yes. And yada 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 Basically. falls in love, stays, yeah. opens a cookie shop,
0: falls in love. Right. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and some variation of that. Right. Then you then you can get now. I'll tell you what I wouldn't mind saying, which I think is getting released tomorrow or December 2nd is Friday. That violent night. Have you seen it oh my advertised? God. Jesus yeah. Christ. Because I was gonna say you can get into the off kilter uh, 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 Christmas movies like the yeah. Bad Santa's. Come on, oh, Bad yeah. Santa with Billy Bad Bob. Santa's hilarious. Pretty damn funny. Yes, I agree. <laughs>
1: And, uh, Uh, you know, the funny thing about the movie just referenced the violent night, violent night, there was a skit on this kind of low rent. I don't know. I shouldn't say low rent, but it was very funny. There's a sketch comedy show. I think it's on Netflix. It's called Tim Robinson's. I think you could, I think you should leave. Haven't seen it. Tim Robinson, SNL alum. Oh, really? Very funny guy. Tim Robinson. Tim Robinson. Okay. SNL alum. And what? I think you should leave. Whatever. It's uh like within the last forty years. No, when was he on? Robinson. He was probably on SNL ten years ago. Eight, okay. nine, ten years ago. You remember him? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, very very funny. He didn't, you know, he didn't really White catch dude? on. White dude. Okay. Yeah, it didn't, you know, wasn't like the biggest thing since sliced bread, but I think he's he's best friends with a guy that's in everything. And I think that that sort of kept him very relevant. Okay. I cannot think of this guy's name, but he was in um Veep, uh, the black guy in Veep. Oh, yes. I don't know his
0: name, but he has been in a lot of stuff. Everything. He's a funny dude. That's his writing partner.
1: Okay. So, um, yeah, but there was a skit that was uh, basically Santa Claus was this... uh, Asshole that was an actor, and he's in these violent movies. And I'm like, oh, that's they basically funny. took it from that sketch show no to shit. me. It was like, man, that's basically the plot of that skit on that's I Think funny. You Should Leave. So it's very hilarious. You should get a chance and, and check Tim Robinson out. It's it's pretty Before funny. Before
0: seeing Violent Night. Yeah, that's watch it first and see And it. I'm not a fan of those kind of movies, but I thought that take was pretty funny. And and, Santa and that, coming in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and
1: Yeah. And that guy's a good actor. He's good on he Stranger Things. I can't think of his yeah,
0: name. But. Yeah, he is good.
1: Yeah, he's pretty money. Now I will say, uh, Elf for me probably maybe oh. my top. And again, that's one that I'm going to watch every year. And if the lights are out and nobody's looking at me, you're going to cry. I'm just you know bawling my eyes out when they're trying to get that fucking centimeter up to ten or whatever it is, so he can fly. It just gets me every time.
0: So here's an Elf story. My nephew Kyle, who just got married, Tommy's son, went to Yale, and in his freshman year, I can't tell you the kid's name. And as an aside, I'm sure he'll never hear this. Uh, said he was a bit of a dick. He was a young Jewish kid, ironically, from New York. <laughs> who the, the little boy. Uh, what was the kid's
1: name? Oh, I know who you're talking okay. about. But yeah.
0: So he's a freshman at Yale with Kyle. And he says, uh, hey, I know Will Farrell pretty well. And they're like, ah, bullshit. Oh, that's a kid from All- okay. so Hang yeah. on a second. He punches up a couple numbers. Hey, hey, Will, I'm standing here with a few guys. Say hello. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So another... Celebrity show thing. brush with great. That's pretty good. You know, once removed. But yeah, there's Will Ferrell talking to a group of them gathered around with this yeah. kid. Oh, and I don't funny. think Kyle was ever friends with him or whatever. But uh, yeah, pretty wild.
1: Yeah. It's pretty nice. So yeah, and then there was a new Will Ferrell movie this year. Christmas movie. The um, Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. It's a musical. Have you seen that?
0: I saw it advertised. I didn't realize necessarily it was Christmas music. It yeah,
1: is. it's a musical. And it was pretty good. I watched it uh, last week. It would there were it was like two and a half hours Or it felt like two and a half hours. Ah, So it wasn't fantastic. No, well, like the second half of the movie was really good. (laughs) It
0: was about 90 minutes, felt (laughs) like three hours. Yeah,
1: (laughs) but there was like 30 minutes that you were like, you could have that 30 minutes back. Yeah, But the rest of it, and I'm definitely not saying don't watch it, I I watch it.
0: So you went to the theater to say it?
1: No, it was on, I don't know, Hulu or something we have.
0: Released to, okay, that's That's the way it goes now. So um, so what else is on the list? Did you write any down?
1: Um, no, I think I literally wrote nothing I mean, there's down.
0: there's a bunch. I think we I, hit the heavy hitters.
1: Yeah, I did watch a couple movies this weekend that were pretty interesting and good. Uh, not Christmas related, but you segue from Christmas to movies. I watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with uh, Nicolas Cage, which was very, very meta. I don't know. If you get a chance, it, it's a wild movie. Meta. Meta, just in that it's... Very different, and it's kind of a look at itself. Like there's a scene where Nicolas Cage makes out with Nicolas Cage. Ooh. It's just strange. Is it um, new? Newer, probably okay. within two years. All right, but yeah, it's a pretty interesting watch because Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage no, in the wild. film. So it's oh, like, it's fucked up. and he's yeah, he's kind of playing two exaggerated versions of himself, ah. and it's it's different. But yeah, it definitely was like. You kind of watch it with your mouth open and like, what in the world? Like, just a different film. <laughs> That's crazy. But worth watching, so pretty good. And then uh never watched it at the time, Scorsese film, Shutter Island. Oh, yeah. Have you never, seen that? No, I have not. I hadn't watched it either, and I was like, man, I had a couple drinks, and uh it, it was a little long also, but it was, it was pretty good. It was wild. Now, there's a twist... And I knew the twist going in, so... no, did you? Yeah. So I won't ruin that for anybody. But uh, it's a Scorsese. Like, you'll like it. If you watch it, it's pretty good.
0: He's a great filmmaker. Indeed. America's greatest filmmaker, Spielberg. John Ford, way back. I mean, you can certainly
1: make that argument. For Spielberg. For Spielberg, yeah. Yeah, And
0: doesn't he have a movie out that's sort of like him as a kid or something? Exactly, yeah. yeah, He does. I can't
1: think of the name of that.
0: yeah. I've seen it advertised.
1: Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm sure it's Spielberg. I'm sure it's pretty good.
0: Well, and I think some of it explores people who helped him along the way, which not to beat a dead horse, but back to Springsteen. I thought that was pretty neat. I thought two things were interesting. When he talked about the people that helped him, the family that opened up their garage so the band could play and that. Guy Tinker, who was about 10 years older than him and drove him around and that kind of stuff. And then uh, and, and sort of paying homage to those unsung heroes of rock and roll, I think is what he called them. Yeah. And then Stern said to him, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Now, have you done much of that for any younger acts? He goes, <laughs> eh. A little, not really. <laughs> and Howard goes, "Yeah, fuck them. They got to make it on their own." <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right? That was pretty funny.
1: <laughs> and then you could, I could, in my mind, I could see Bruce maybe didn't want to just brag, uh, yeah. as opposed to just nah, I don't know. Yeah, like, he didn't want to uh, say, "Possibly, well, you know, I've helped this." You know,
0: well, this is the way I took it. Uh, off Springsteen, but Lewis Black, a favorite comedian of ours, I heard him tell a story. He, I believe, taught school or maybe was substitute teacher, and he was just starting his stand-up career and he's in New York City playing somewhere I may have told you this and this is back you know in the days of answering machines he comes home message is blinking. He hits it and a voice says, I was in the audience tonight, yeah, probably 300 people, I saw your act and I want to tell you that I'll do what I can for you. I don't know what that really will be but I want to tell you to keep pushing because you've got something and I think you can make it. It was George Carlin. Because he was like, oh my god, oh my god. I called my mom and I was like, mom, you're not going to believe this, George Carlin. Now, how cool would that be? Oh, unbelievable. And actually, if it was just that, Trisden, then that might be enough to keep you going. So spring Springsteen called a, a a guy he saw in a, in a in a in a Jersey Shore bar and said, "Hey, Trisden, I saw you, Bruce Springsteen. You were great. Hang in there. That might be enough to just keep you going.
1: hundred. That, that yeah. gives you ten years of your you know. Hang every in night there. when you think about, man, I should go work at the firm. Right, farm. exactly. You know, I'm going to keep going."
0: So, yeah, most definitely. There's that. And I would like to think I would do that if I were ever that famous and was any good at anything, which I'm not. But, you know, that would be really cool. Imagine Lewis, and he's such a frantic guy anyway. It's like, oh, my God, really? Because that's really the God of comedy oh, yeah. telling you, giving you his blessing.
1: He's a comedian's comedian, so I'm sure that. And he's giving he you his blessing. Been, right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty unbelievable compliment. Yeah, it sure is.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm sure a couple of Christmas movies will hit me when I'm sitting in traffic driving back home. But <laughs> I, I think we hit the biggies. I mean, there's you know there's Charlie Brown, and which is always cute. Oh, and then the, the the campy stuff that I still look forward to. Don't go out of my way to see it, but like if Rudolph is on. Oh God, yeah, the old
1: claymation you, stuff. Yeah, the claymation stuff, you can, early you claymation. Can never turn that. Yeah, never.
0: It's right. yeah, Burl Ives who plays the snowman and, you know, Bumbles <laughs> Bounce. <laughs> yeah. yeah yes. no,
1: always going to watch
0: it. The Land of Misfit Toys. I mean, that's yeah. a great movie.
1: It's always going to take you back, you know, to your childhood. I
0: yes. Think. Always. Yes. Because they have
1: played that on loop every Christmas for, you know, what, 50, 60, Ever. 70 yeah. years. Right. It's
0: my life. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Those, those are good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. So, so, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas indeed. They always go to Die Hard. I've never really thought of I Die mean, Hard. as a, as a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie, no. I mean, I guess it's more of in the background to me. It, yeah. And I think there's a dis- distinction between being a Christmas based movie and, and a, a Christmas movie that happens movie, to be and being about Christmas. Yeah. Right.
0: So. Right, it happens to be around Christmas. Like it's a good movie. Planes, but- Trains and Automobiles is a Thanksgiving movie. Steve Martin's trying to get home for Thanksgiving, right. which is a great movie. Yeah. I didn't see it this year, but that's uh not that it's a tradition to watch it at Thanksgiving, but that is a great movie.
1: Right. So speaking of Christmas, man, how you doing on uh, your Christmas shopping? I
0: Haven't done a bit, and my wife every—I was teasing her. I'm like, "Honey, this is even be pre-Thanksgiving." All right, now, what do you want? I've got this for the kids, and it's like, God, darn it! I haven't even <laughs> thought about Christmas. Take a breath. But my shopping is basically, um, you know, a hundred-dollar Amazon card for Brielle, you know, something for Patty. I fill her stocking, and I mean, it's not like I, you know, go crazy.
1: Yeah. So we, I'd say wrapped up 90% of ours this weekend and we have turned into the people that we go, I just drop a grand on gift cards yeah, and it's just yeah. so much easier because yeah. it's impossible to shop for anybody and you don't screw it up. Yeah. Yes. And it's look, if you don't like that gift card, you know, it's usually food. You can't mess that up. Right. You're going to be like, at worst, you're going to like. I'm a you're big gift like, card guy. Oh, okay. It's
0: not terribly romantic, but it's very practical.
1: Right. Exactly. So, so at least you're getting somebody something that they can, you know, yeah.
0: use. You don't have to get go much above
1: 200 for me. Well, I, I spent, I think, 150. So okay. hopefully uh, I'm just getting there. Just in to return. put
0: you in, in return. <laughs> put me in the ballpark. But uh, yeah. your you company party is happening at our place uh, tomorrow night.
1: And you've promised for five years that you were going to show up. That's late for me, man. You could be right at seven. Yeah. Show up. And, Mr. Wellingford, the crew is coming? Yeah. We'll and be karaoke. Karaoke, yeah. Which you will lead. I will do. I'd love some karaoke. 20 ish people? Oh, uh, yeah. 20 ish, somewhere right. around there. So. Yeah, karaoke, I think, kind of like sex. Even when you're bad at it, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah.
0: Now, it helps, and it might be like sex, too, when you're a little drunk.
1: <laughs> there you go. Right? You lowered inhibition. In so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you, you, you always A little, because
0: if you're too drunk, that's another problem. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> then
1: you get whiskey voice. Yes. Nobody needs get, that. You
0: don't need whiskey voice. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're, we're shortening the show a bit today because uh, we each have places to go. But before we get out, I had texted you the other day and and I don't have my glasses, so forgive me, but it was basically turned into politics. And I just had this thought because, um, you know, COVID stays in the news a little bit. And I texted Tristan and said, uh, when we do the po- podcast, remind me to ask you about Santis, could it have been that he was right with his COVID approach in Florida? Because, you know, the left just beat him to death. Um, but it seems that Florida had no less COVID than states that closed everything down, like New York and California. And if we want to consider ourselves open minded lefties, then we should be open minded enough to at least consider that maybe DeSantis was right. I think we I started thinking about it because the Chinese protests where they're actually pissed now. Right. Because they just shut everything down, still shutting things down, still have all kinds of of, of COVID running rampant. And the people are like, F this. They said some of what led to it was this World Cup, where they were able to watch because it's such a closed society it's a weird right. society but i mean they're brilliant people who have to figure out either vpns or ways to get the internet without the government interfering right yeah but they apparently were seeing people unmasked and unmasked in cutter and so forth and realizing that man we're still in this lockdown you know it's time yeah and so the the chinese government has a little bit of a an issue but that just led me to thinking about the who's going to be the likely republican nominee i would guess You know, I dare I say him or Trump, it's hard to believe. But, um, you know, maybe he wasn't wrong.
1: Well, the first thing I did when I got that text from you is I just went to the first legitimate website that I could find numbers on. Oh, cool. And it looked like that. uh, Let's see that the death statistics from Florida. Florida was the 14th worst of the 50 states. Oh, okay. So it wasn't like- They were perfect. So no. So they were actually- So they
0: would have been like 36th in-, in, in Exactly. Or, or no, 14th in deaths? Well,
1: for, yeah. No, for, in percentage per 100,000 people, they were the 14th worst. In deaths. In deaths. Okay. Yeah. So to me, and, and like if you even take Kentucky, who's a red state, but with a Had with a blue, Democratic blue governor,
0: governor who was- yeah.
1: Right, so we, who, who
0: was very hands-on during COVID
1: and, and took it very seriously. And took I it say, very seriously. Good point. We were, yeah, we were, as far as the state of Kentucky, probably as cautious as most. You know, most of the places. I would that say that's right. Left and we did much better than Florida. Like Interesting. We were, we were okay. Like,
0: now here's a weird thing, which will only mean something to you and I, maybe not so much listeners outside of the state. If Mark Matt Bevin. Were governor rather than Bashir, I don't think those numbers would be. So now I'm going to do a little anti-Desantis thing. I think those numbers would be much worse.
1: I think we'd probably be right with Florida as opposed. Well, that's to an interesting. And again, point. you're looking at that. You're talking about thousands of people that died. I mean, it's hard to say. Well, you know, we're not going to miss any school. We're not going to lock anything up. But the trade is going to be. We're going to lose about twenty thousand more grandparents. I don't know that people would be cool with that.
0: Did you study that list enough to know like what states were the best? In de- I mean, you, you can't really pick the Idaho's and Wyoming's where there's 10 people, can you? So of the populated but again, states, California. This was the percentage. Of 100,000, so, the- so it's apples to apples. Okay. Exactly.
1: Okay. I, you know what? I actually saved it on my phone, and then it vanished. That's so really interesting. I will probably Trism.
0: find the list again. I wish Lucas... Listen to this podcast because he's very much, uh, yeah, DeSantis did it right and yada, yada, yada. But that's a really interesting take on it. See, to me, it should be the left should open the door and say maybe we were a little over the top, overzealous with our, with our shutdowns, especially as related schools. And I think the right has to say, and the vaccine worked. Not, you know, right. oh, the fucking chips going in your arm and Bill Gates and yeah. Anthony Fauci is the devil and so on and so forth, you well, know, but neither side's willing to give
1: an inch. So, right. And I think part of the the problem, too, is that everything we say now is hindsight. It is. It's a hundred you know, percent when there's this fucking weird thing and people are dying. hundred percent. You know what? I'm call me a, a libtard, I would probably err on the side of caution which if is I what know they did. grandparents are going to freaking die. Like Couldn't,
0: you know No no argument at all. Yeah,
1: so again, it's it would be easy now to say if covid made a comeback, we can leave stuff open, but what we're going to we're going to require a vaccine or we're going to heavily suggest a vaccine or we're going to take other measures. But yeah, like in spring of 2020, I mean to just gamble with people's lives, you know, I think that's a little shitty. Well, here's the fact.
0: You and I lived history. 100 years from now, from 100 years from now when everyone we know quite literally will be gone off this mortal coil, they'll be reading about the pandemic of 2020. And you and I lived it, right? We're part of that history, and you're exactly right, Tristan. You can sit judgment two years out, but at the time, it was a fucking panic. You remember when New York City had the uh, refrigerator cars taking bodies? You know, right. was there were they over the top in their methods to try and uh, what was it? Uh, what it what was Fauci's uh, bend the curve or flatten the curve? Flatten the curve yeah. You know, were they over the top in their measures to try and flatten the curve? I don't think so.
1: I don't feel like they were either. Yeah. I mean, again. With hindsight, with no vaccine, with really no way to keep people extremely safe at that time, we had to do something. Yeah. You know, and and again, I know people got tired of the masks. Look, the left got tired of the masks, too. That's the secret. Like Nobody liked the fucking masks. We didn't like staying at home for two weeks. We didn't like, you know, not watching our favorite movies and shows on TV anymore. It sucked for everybody.
0: Here's a question for you. Do you know people? (laughs) And I do, and I would never, ever mention who looked better maybe you got to meet the mask on and the mask came off it was like oh
1: fuck man like the old Bugs Bunny cartoon you know the, the stereotype oh boy look at you and then the mask and, you know like got two teeth and they're going whichever way so yeah oh,
0: shit and that's not male or female I'm not being no, sexist no no of course not. I've just seen both but.
1: now I do have the list if you're curious yeah I would love to know and I will say it's not all. So this is the list
0: of deaths per 100,000 per state. Correct.
1: Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, as of- uh, So
0: you're going to go from- Are you going to read all 50 or just go, go top 10? Man, so, that sounds boring. So yeah, this I'm, is the least deaths would be number one. That's where you're
1: going? Let's see. Well, I was going to go most. Okay. So okay. starting at the worst. Okay. I'll, do, I'll tell you what. I'll do the worst 10, the best 10. Perfect. So the worst 10 states uh, for uh, deaths per 100,000 people, Mississippi, Arizona, Oklahoma, West Virginia- Alabama, Arkansas, New Mexico, Tennessee, Michigan, New Jersey, Louisiana.
0: No shit.
1: And then Kentucky comes right after that, after Louisiana. So, um, so yeah. So you'll notice a few blue states in there, and then you know a lot of red states. I feel like in there, and you know, and,
0: and Florida's. If you were to read four more, you'd hit Florida. Let's exactly. Okay. Yep. All sure. right. So then, so then the states that essentially did the best were right.
1: States that did the best. Uh, Hawaii, Vermont. Well,
0: Hawaii probably doesn't count because it's isolated, and okay. yeah,
1: it, it definitely helps. So yeah, Hawaii, yeah. Vermont, Utah, Puerto Rico also isolated. Right. Washington, Alaska, DC, uh, Maine. DC not a state, but it's listed but that's, here. Yeah. Maine, New Hampshire, Oregon, Colorado, Nebraska, California did the best, man. or did the
0: did the best, did the best had yes. the, had the least number of deaths that's per hundred thousand. Yeah. How about that? That's yeah. really interesting. So, yeah, it
1: was, it was a pretty cool list. And again, you know, there's a lot of factors. Like, obviously, I feel like states like New York and New Jersey, where people are more piled up right. than in Montana, is still even per 100,000 probably going to make a difference in some of those numbers. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of factors, but that's just the raw data. The
0: fact that New Jersey comes in ninth, I think definitely is related to the fact that New Jersey of the 50 states is the most densely populated. And that's even ironic, Tristan, because having grown up in that state, I know that it's that population is not only densely populated, but it's all the top half of the state. Like the once you get down past like the Amboys where the shore points start, um, it gets pretty rural it's flat but it's 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 where the garden state moniker comes from it's a lot of farms right and it's open land so all of that population is really from the top half of new jersey you you know towards new york city up and 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 there's some population obviously around philly down south the southwest part of the state but um yeah it's it's the most it's the most densely populated state in the union so it's going to be hard not to have people get infected because they're packed together yeah So,
1: so fascinating stuff. And I think, you know, you could probably have people smarter than me argue both sides of that and why we needed to be open. And I think there's a great uh, argument to be made on the right about how closing up schools is really, you know, handicapped our kids for the couple years that they weren't able to go and socialize, which is my argument against homeschooling. Look, you could be the best homeschool teacher in the world, but kids need to be around other kids and figure shit out. They are not their brother and sister.
0: I'm going to say about homeschooling, and like I say about vegans. So I'm picking on both sides. Vegans typically not always are lefties. Homeschoolers typically not always are righties. Fair generalization. Fair, completely fair. I always say, have you ever seen a healthy looking vegan? They always look a little gaunt and drawn. Have you ever seen a really well-adjusted homeschool kid?
1: I think it's tough for both, you know, as somebody, you know, with, with, so you uh, can't, you can't
0: cancel me. I just picked on both.
1: (laughs) If you're you're mean to both, it does not count. Yeah. Yeah. But a a fair question. That's fair. And and I will say this too. I think in defense of my vegan friends and family, I feel like the nutrition thanks to folks like impossible foods has come a long way. And uh, now you can live a vegan lifestyle a lot easier than you probably could have 10 or 15 years So, yes, being able to go buy some impossible— Wait, I was
0: was trying to find a joke. What did you say? So you can't do two things at once. I got my dad joke book out. No, I'm saying, like— What was
1: your point? Like, my family's Impossible Foods folks that have—like, vegan food has come a long way. Like, 20 years ago, it would have been a lot tougher. Yeah. And I think that's a lot truer statement 20 years ago. So, and I will say for homeschool, yeah, you know, one of my best friends in college was homeschooled. But some of the shit he would say was amazing. You're just like Garrett, buddy. Oh, I shouldn't have said his name. Oh, but anyway, uh,
0: George, George, George,
1: Jim, definitely me. not Garrett Lang. <laughs> but no, like he. Uh, there were things that good you kid, know, but a little he, awkward. He grew up homeschooled, and like there was stuff that he didn't get. And you're just like, man, you, you know, you do need the social social socialization slower, socialization of you know being around people your age to figure it out.
0: Do you? Um have any reports on impossible meats are they still doing good it, by all accounts they're doing very well because i have to mention trisden uh and i hate this but app harvest is really struggling have oh you seen? yeah God, yeah
1: that's what i hear dang. which is such a shame because and, it, and I, I like and their concept.
0: A, a wonderful concept was going to employ people here in Kentucky, spe- specifically Eastern Kentucky, and I might have dumped some money in like not earth-shattering where it's going to break me, but you know, 2 grand to people like you and me is a lot of money. Indeed. And to and I bought when the stock was 7 bucks a share on advice of my advisor, I who I had some fun with and I said, "Hey, Justin, you know how to turn 200 bucks into 800?" Invest in that barbers. and now that's when it was still at like three bucks.
1: It fell under a fucking dollar a share. You mean how to turn eight hundred into $200? two hundred, uh, uh, two grand
0: into oh, okay. eight hundred okay. bucks? You said hundred, and so. now you know yeah. that stock. It was it was like three hundred shares, and now that stock is um, under a dollar a share. Wow, it fell to ninety eight cents <gasps> a share. So. It's worth like 300 bucks, my $2,000 investment's worth. And I'm, you know, I mean, they're being sued by some investors who invested tens of millions in in the Northeast, New York type thing. Jonathan Webb, who's the founder, basically said they had plans to build 12 warehouses. They're going to concentrate on the three that they have built. But it looks as though, um, I, I, for the life of me, I don't know how it's struggling like it is. The concept seems wonderful. But, I, you know, Trizen, I, I see it in the place that I've managed now for 10 years, 11 years, which has really done well. And I don't say that because I'm the manager. I brought in good people. But their first 10 years, they struggled mightily, and it was terribly mismanaged. That's the bottom line. Yeah, Management is important. Labor is arguably more important. If you don't have good workers, you're fucked, but you got to have managers.
1: Uh, One million percent. How many, you know, in, in my time working with uh, business, it's amazing how many businesses with a great product or a great service that if, you know, you don't have the right people managing it, it does not matter.
0: And I think that may be App Harvest. I yeah. think they were looking at things other than actually the work that had to be there. It stinks. Not would. They still make it, but it does stink. Okay, I know yeah. we're each short on time, so uh, I don't even, uh, so bad. This is from Dad Jokes: the good, the bad, and the terrible. Brought to you by a gentleman who you're going to be dining with this evening. Looking forward and to it. And his work. wife. Yep. Nice. Okay. So you got to get out of here. What did the judge say when a skunk entered the courtroom? I don't know. Odor in the court.
1: <laughs> Jesus.
0: Such a uh gross. All right. Good. So what do you have, my friend?
1: Nice. So a little Bad Wolf Gaming top ten list I threw together. Um, thanks to these guys. Love and, these. and we. It's I love really these. Weird to do the They're show. Well written. I don't know about that.
0: I've never asked you the etiquette. Should I laugh and comment, or do you just want to go through it?
1: Man, if you could give me a bullshit fake courtesy laugh at the end of each of those, uh, I would be so appreciative. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's like the laugh track thing, right? They okay. say that even the, these really good comedies, like it's amazing how little people find them funny if they don't hear somebody else laughing.
0: Although, so. Although, if you watch Modern Family, you hear none of that, and it's one of the best shows ever written. Like if you watch Big Bang Theory, it's got a laugh track that's just canned. A, yeah, you don't hear any laughter, and you will find yourself laughing at Modern Family, which is a that's, real that's good credit to but that.
1: Probably not as much as you would if
0: you had that. Track. Perhaps, and yeah, again, Perhaps,
1: and, and I certainly get. But you some know. of that
0: canned laughter—it is, it is, is, yeah, it is star- kind of garbage. It started to come on board in the seventies, right. and some of it was just awful. Right, it was like the same laugh over and over yes. and over. Yeah.
1: But definitely, you being in the room with me, I think it would help. You know, okay. When yeah. it's complete silence, it probably is. Okay. Well, I didn't know good. if
0: you if you thought I was stepping on. You no, just no, no, to go no! By, by all means, because sure. I don't know if well, you noticed. Because not. I
1: always try to I laugh at the dad joke. Like, and most of them are funny. Ugh, don't get me wrong. Nine groomers. out of ten. But on the tenth one, even if it's not funny, I do, do still laugh. I mean,
0: it's been told to me a time or two. I might talk a little too much, so I didn't want to do that during <laughs> your top ten. No, most. no,
1: the laughter is, is nothing but appreciated, and I, you know, and I, you know, what you can also laugh at me because I don't proofread these, and they're always full of uh, typos and misspellings. So you can just <laughs> laugh at that <laughs> okay. as well. But it's weird not talking about our sponsors as much because we do the producer Yeah, they are great. Now, so. Thank you. For we, those. we definitely yeah. appreciate our guys at brief and we maybe be get getting getting Troy on right as a guest. Troy, yeah. let, let's get Troy on next week. That would. It'd be great. So, yeah, I'd love to. He said he wants to talk some politics with us. Oh. And we got to get this stupid cord fixed so we can the uh, have actually bring a studio. guest in the I'd studio. Like to get Aaron back in. And I know Brandon uh, and thank you to Nate who back, broke so. our
0: drought last week. We finally had a guest after like two yeah, months.
1: It was nice to do a riverside show. So, yes. So yeah, so thanks to uh, Troy at Front Porch. Uh, thanks to our buddy uh Aaron, Dan, everybody. We, we just appreciate you guys so much. So thank you very much. And uh top ten, ooh. My favorite top 10 things about winter. So Trisman's favorite. Winter. Oh, I thought you said
0: winters. No, I probably Uh, said winter winter. because
1: i spent a lot of time. So let me ask
0: you first. Are you not a fan of winter? See, I love cold weather. I think snow is beautiful. I like the snow. What I like about snow is it slows down a fast-paced society like nothing else. It's the one, not that snow's a natural (laughs) disaster, but to... Lump it in with it's the one natural disaster where things look better after it goes through. That's true. Except for the hurricane that hit New Jersey and did $9 billion in improvements.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. I would not (laughs) have expected an anti New Jersey joke. I didn't have that on the. Hey, if I can't make it, who can? (laughs) I didn't have that on the extreme common sense bingo card today. Uh, See, it's my favorite things about winter. So, number 10, now this one's not funny. So, I struggle to laugh at this one, but it, it's true. My actual favorite things about winter, it's really not my favorite things about winter. Number 10, it's really cold all the time. So, I don't like the cold weather. I, I'm not a fan.
0: Uh, I would say as you get older, I get it. But, Tristan, I could, I just can't live in Florida. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I could do I'm it. Like, oh. It's in my blood. Number nine, getting dark at 4 p.m. is great for mental health.
0: Mm, boy, sad. I tell you what, it's, it's rough. I mean, it's I don't just, like that. Like that is. You're just, you know, we're fucking mammals. I mean, bears hibernate for Christ's sakes and other, you know, it's a, it's a real struggle. Yeah. It's just, you don't feel
1: as alive. Yeah. No, it sucks because it's like six o'clock every day. You'll think, man, I want to go outside and do something. And it's like, I can't.
0: But yin and yang of life. That's why it's cold. Because one of the things I like about cold weather is it does make you feel alive. Yeah. So, I, mean, I guess that's the trade off with the dark. You've, you've got that cold weather to sort of make you feel invigorating, yes. Right. Well,
1: fair enough. Uh, number eight is a personal favorite. It always smells like smoke outside. <laughs> I love that. Boy, that's already starting. Miserable. Man.
0: Ah, come on, man. That's a throwback to our ancestors, Jim. That's like life coffin. on the prairie. That's the, it does, though. Yeah.
1: Everywhere you go. Uh, number seven, <laughs> snowmen always talking about me behind my back. Mm, those
0: bastards. That's weird. You know how they tell the difference also, between I'm crazy. snowmen well, and snowwomen. Uh, Snowballs. That's
1: <laughs> hey, pretty good. Number six, a uh, Fox News weatherman, always talking about snow but refused to mention black ice oh. mm, little, <laughs> little deep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> that is funny. Fox News you might
1: ought to just quit right there. No, that's, <laughs> that's pretty that fucking was it. good. There we go. That's Have a good week, right? good, Tristan. <laughs> that was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that should be <laughs> number one. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: like when you said, ah, oh, a little deep. Yeah. Think about it. Oh, Uh-oh. shit.
1: Uh, uh, again, my favorite things about winter, <laughs> number five, my neighbor's classy blow-up Santa Claus. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. De- mm-hmm. People used to decorate. Now they're like, let's blow up Rudolph in my yard. Yeah. Three stories tall. Right. I don't don't know. I'm I'm an old bunch. Let's see. Number four, people ringing bells in your face every time you walk into a store. Boy. They really don't stop with those freaking bells. They do not stop. I mean, you throw money at them, they still ring them. Uh, Number three, my favorite things about Christmas. Number three, the war on Christmas. That's made up, right? Yeah, Bill just
0: O'Reilly. Hey, let me ask you back to number four. Sure. Have you ever said to one of those guys, oh, I gave on the way in as you're heading out. Never gave a nickel. <laughs> I gave on the way in.
1: I refuse to lie. <laughs> I, okay, I, well, like, that's fair. I, so, I'm not saying I did that. I was asking you okay, if you did so that. so I will sometimes put my <laughs> head down and dart. I, I, that's well, what I go with.
0: See, this is where this phone comes in handy. You're like, I'm on a phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm always wondering, waiting for the day when I'm doing that and the phone actually rings. It's like, oh, excuse me.
1: Quick story, because... Nothing people like more than a quick story in the middle of a top 10 list. <laughs> uh, Steve Stone, who I grew up watching his uh, Cub and White Sox broadcast. Yes, yes On yes. WGN as a WGN, kid. right. Baseball announcer Steve Stone. Right. Used to work with Harry Carey, the infamous Harry Carey. Right. I met him at a Reds game. I was a media pass. Saw him and was sort of walking the halls of the, the suites and cool. stuff. And, and got to chat with him for a minute. Was nice enough. Walked with him as he left the game. I was going to see if I could get a picture. Put that fucking phone up to his ear, man, and... Kept it from all the way from Synergy <laughs> Field to his hotel. I have no idea. if Never he Never put it down. About. He knew some idiot was going to come up and want a picture. And he, yeah. yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. So number Good. two things that I are my favorite thing about Christmas. No, uh, about winter. Winter was yes. it Christmas or winter? Winter, winter, winter. but Christmas. Christmas. Christmas yeah. So, yeah like so, the yeah, blow up I, Santa. Right. Yeah. Uh, things that I love about winter. If it's cold outside. That means global warming is a hoax. Mm. Can't be real if it gets cold. That's how science works. Spoken
0: like a true Republican congressman.
1: There you go. And the number one thing, my favorite thing about winter, Santa eats all my damn cookies. Santa. Yeah, cookie thief. That That guy. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't leave him out, he goes to the fridge. He does, man. a bunch of bullshit. Santa.
0: All right, my friend, you've got a dinner to make. I really have no plans, but I want you to be on time. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Troy. Thanks, Nate. And uh, always a pleasure, my friend. I don't know if we have listeners. I don't know if the content's <laughs> any good, but God darn, an hour goes by
1: quickly. Indeed. Springsteen listens, I think.
0: Maybe we should go to two hours.
1: Uh, I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. See you next week. Take care, Ray. Bye. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Trisden here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet... They have so much cool stuff you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontportstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Frontport Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontportstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye.